brought to you by the students of Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. I'm your host, Carrie Buckendale. First this morning, there's a new woman in charge at the Monroe County Achievement Center. Ms. Sarah Alford officially took the reins on Monday, August 22nd. MPTV's Mary Michael Tain spoke with Ms. Alford about her new role with Monroe County Schools. Good morning and welcome back to the MC Schools Radio Show. I'm Mary Michael Tain and today I'm here with Ms. Sarah Alford, the new principal for the Monroe County Achievement Center. So to start off, Ms. Alford, what exactly is your new position and what all does this entail? Good morning, Mary Michael. Um, my new position is that I'm now serving as principal of Monroe County Achievement Center. I'm very excited about that new position. Alright, so how is this position different from your old previous ones? So my most recent uh, former position was as assistant principal at the Mary Persons Freshman Campus. I've served as assistant principal there since 2011. Uh, my primary responsibility was to work with students, teachers, and parents of ninth grade students. Um, there were approximately 350 ninth graders um, enrolled this year on the freshman campus. As principal of MCAC, I work with students in grades 7 through 12, as well as their teachers and parents, and there are currently about 93 students uh, enrolled at MCAC. Uh, most of the students who attend MCAC work better in a smaller setting. Many of them prefer it, in fact. Uh, students at MCAC receive blended instruction, which means they have teachers who teach them directly, but they also complete some coursework through Edgenuity as well. All right, so what's been the biggest adjustment for you going into this new job? Well, just the transitional piece. Mr. Caldwell has done an outstanding job at MCAC for the past several years. So, you know, the biggest challenge is, you know, transitioning um, during the school year after the school year's already started. But it's been a great transition so far. Good. So has this been a tough adjustment or is it just something you're totally just getting a new feel for, getting used to? Not at all. It has not been tough. I've always loved working with students, and so it's just in a, a different capacity, but I'm, I'm very much enjoying it so far. All right. So what's your favorite part of this new job? So the most rewarding part of my job is when I see students who once struggled suddenly find success, uh, and I look forward to celebrating the accomplishments of the students at MCAC as they come. Awesome. So for some background, how long have you been working for Monroe County? So I have been working in Monroe County Schools since 2001, which is uh, 21 years. I've been a middle school teacher, graduation coach, instructional coach, and assistant principal before I became principal. Wow. Okay, so how and when did you first decide you wanted to work in education? Actually, when I was in high school, I started uh, tutoring kids in high school and really enjoyed working with younger kids. And so I knew that's what I always wanted to do. Cool. So did you always know you wanted to be in this type of administrative position or were you just looking for teaching? Absolutely not. I remember being a teacher thinking that I would never ever want to be an administrator. Uh, and so uh, someone just started talking with me about it and I thought, well, maybe I should consider that. But I have been very fortunate in my career because I have loved every single job I've ever had. I've really enjoyed all of them. Okay, so just a little fun question. If you could have any job in the world, what would you do? Oh, I would be a travel blogger. I would hit every single continent, 
hopefully more than once. Uh, and I just love learning about new cultures and trying new foods and things like that. So I would definitely be a travel blogger. Very cool. Thank you for your time. I enjoyed this. So Okay. Thank you for having me, Mary Michael. Congratulations, Ms. Alford. We wish you the best of luck with your new role. Another face you'll find at the Achievement Center is Dr. Kellis Boland. MPTV's Hayden Walker spoke with Dr. Boland about life at MCAC. I'm Hayden Walker, and I'm doing a radio interview for the Achievement Center so we can know more. Um, I am Dr. Boland, and I am a teacher over here at the Achievement Center. And I am in charge of monitoring all of the student science classes, um, particularly biology, because it is a milestones course. And so that is a class that I actually teach face-to-face -to, -face to our biology students and help them prepare for taking the milestones at the end of the course. All right, all right. Uh, okay, I'm gonna start off with uh, the questions. So uh, what would you say makes the uh, classes over there is there anything that really makes them different than the classes over here? Um, definitely class size. We have, I, I think, um, we try to keep our class sizes at 15 or less. Just uh, for that small, intimate setting. Um, and of course, that allows us to be more one-to-one -one with each student and mm -hmm. help them help individualize their content so that um, it's more accessible to them. So we, and not saying that uh, teachers over there aren't able and capable of developing relationships with students, but it's a little easier for us to develop those relationships when you have fewer students in a classroom pulling your attention. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, how would you like get into a class at the Achievement Center? Would you have to like qualify or something or do you have to like sign up for them? Like a few things, a few, a few things. So most majority of the students who get sent over here, um, we have an array of students that get sent. Um, punitive reasons, so they've done something at main campus and they get sent to us for a period of time. We have remediation students who are behind in their course credit and because they want to graduate with their cohort um, on time, uh, they come to us so that they, um, you know, at the main campus generally y'all have um, four blocks a day. Well, students, if they're behind in course credit, need um, to be able to take extra classes. And so when they come to us, we can tack on any courses that they may have um, failed um, in addition to the ones that they're currently taking so that they can kind of double up and get through it a little faster and get back on track. So those are remediation students. And then we do have a population of students who once they come um, and they are able to get caught up or they, you know, they serve their time that they were sent over here through tribunal. Um, they just decide this is a really good atmosphere for them to learn. Um, there's less transitions, um, there's less distraction. And so they're just able to focus a lot better and they decide to just stay because they like it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I never knew. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you think teaching down there uh, is a bit easier than like teaching uh, a class up here would be? Um, uh, teaching is teaching anywhere you go. Yeah. Um, obviously, with a smaller class size, um, I would say less students to manage. 
But again, our students do come to us because they have a particular need, um, whether it's behavioral issues, which is why they get sent to us for punitive reasons. Um, if they're behind academically, sometimes there are underlying um, learning issues at hand that are preventing them from accessing content in a large classroom with many students and many distractions. And so it takes a lot more attentiveness on our part to be able to push the students forward um, and work around those difficulties that they're having. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say it's easier. We're still, I mean, we're still um, having to master the curriculum ourselves. We have to know it very intimately. We have to know our standards because we are teaching to the standards every lesson that we present to our students. Um, so we're, you know, we're certified teachers too. We're held to the same level of expertise and expectation that your teachers over there at the high school are held to. Yeah. Um, with the added benefit of smaller class sizes and each of us, um, we have four content teachers um, for math, social studies, English, and science. And so each one of us are responsible for teaching our milestone course face-to-face. -face. And so we're having to plan our lessons daily. Um, we're having to uh, put out lesson plans for the district, just like teachers over there. Um, so we're, we're held to the same um, standards and uh, criteria that your teachers are. Okay. Yeah. Do you see the Achievement Center doing anything differently in the future that like than you do now, like that could benefit? Like if- Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, being that we are a smaller school and we have uh, developed very close relationships with our students, we're able to identify and see where um, student need just, you know, do a lot of our students come from very, in a very unstable home backgrounds, very unstable lives. Um, food insecurity, homelessness. And so, you know, there's a level of trust that they, they grant us to share these things with us. And so through um, the student services at the uh, board office, um, which I think uh, Ms. Pat Napier oversees and our um, school social worker, Dr. Uh, Jessica Evans, um, they really get behind us and support us as far as providing those needs for our students. And so I think it's safe to say for all parties involved, we really want the Achievement Center to have the ability to provide services outside of the school hours. Um, a lot of our families, you know, students do a lot of work online here. Mm -hmm. And if they want to work at home and don't have internet, that that in, um, inhibits their progress tremendously. So we want, you know, we would love to see, you know, kind of like a mini library where they can access it after hours when our um, county library closes and get work done and have, you know, secure and uh, consistent internet access besides the, um, you know, hot spots and everything else that we struggle with in the county. Um, being able to do laundry, you know, homelessness, you don't have that resources to do laundry. We would love to be able to provide them with that. Meals over holidays and long weekends and on the weekends, be able to do that. So um, 
we have lots of ideas of how to provide and, and support our, our student um, populace. Um, but as all things go, it just takes time. It takes planning. Um, and so, you know, we would like to be able to provide those things in the future for, for our kiddos. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's all I have. So thank you so much for coming out. You're so welcome. Like, Absolutely. I know a lot more about it than I did. And I think a lot yeah, of it's, too. Yeah, it's a fantastic, fantastic um, resource for the county. Um, and you're exactly right. A lot of people think that's where the bad kids go. Yeah. And I'm consistently telling our kids, because, you know, they, you, after a while, you start, you know, you start believing what people tell you. And so our kids, the, the, the inner voice they hear is you're a bad kid. And so I, I fight that daily telling our kids, y'all aren't bad kids at all. Y'all just have made some bad decisions. Mm -hmm. So trying to change that narrative, trying to change that inner voice so that they start believing they can and they will. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> You've probably noticed by now that Monroe County Schools launched redesigned websites and a new phone app over the summer. The new digital system offers us more ways to reach out to our parents and students. MPTV's Daryl Lowe sat down with me to chat about this new technology. Hi, I'm Daryl Lowe and I'm here with Ms. Buckendale. So Ms. Buckendale, tell us what do you do for a living? I'm the communication specialist for Monroe County Schools, which means I have a lot of hands and a lot of different things, websites, social media, video technology, press releases, basically anything that has outward facing communication, communication to the parents and to our stakeholders, comes through my office. So do you think that all the parents uh, get the information that they need for their kids to succeed in school? I think there are so many ways that parents can get the information that they need and ways they may not even know about yet because we've launched some new things. But I do think critical information gets to them in a pretty timely fashion. You say that you brought new things. Could you name some of the new things that you brought? We did. Just this summer, we launched new websites for all of our schools and for our district. It includes a lot of new features that we didn't have available before, like an events calendar. So if you want to know where the Bulldogs are playing on Friday night, now you can go to the website and see it right there on the homepage. We have easy ways for people to sign up to volunteer in our schools, to work for our schools. And we've even merged in the Fine Arts Center onto this main website so people don't have to go to two different places to find that information they need. So if they want to see, you know, when is the Pam Tillis concert, they can do it right there on our website. Hmm, that's good. You know, in addition to that, we also launched a brand new Monroe County Schools app for our parents and our students. It's available now in the Google Play Store and in the App Store on your Apple devices. It's free and it has a ton of communication things that you may need to know about. We can send push notifications out to let people know if there's an emergency or if there's something really interesting happening. We can do that specifically to schools. So if you just want to know what's happening here at Mary Persons, you can go into the settings and sign up to receive alerts from Mary Persons. You can get them from the district office. You can get them from all of our schools. So you can pick and choose and customize the way you want. On that app, if you're not sure what's for lunch today, you can go to the dining section and see exactly what's going to be served in your cafeteria. You also have access to that events calendar and there's a staff directory. So if you need to reach out to your child's teacher, you can email them directly from the app. Hmm. Um, how long have you been doing this job? Been in this position for about a year. 
We started it last school year. It was a new position for the schools. Prior to that, I worked in radio and television for almost 20 years. So I brought that experience into this and I'm kind of merging that with the education field to create this whole new job. Do you find that challenging or? You know, it is so much fun. It is a challenge because nobody's had this position before. So it's one of those where you kind of learn as you go and you add on more duties as you go and figure out the best way to make things happen. I've got a great team this year of communication ambassadors at our schools so they can take pictures at events and post them to our social media and to our websites and apps. And it lets everybody see what's going on in the school buildings while their kids are away. But thank you, Ms. Buckendale. And I'm Daryl. Again, it's very important that you go into your app settings and select all the schools you wish to receive notifications from. This is the fastest way to get important information into the hands of all our stakeholders. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, you'll find it in the Google Play or app stores. Just search Monroe County Schools GA. Football season is here, and we are so excited to root for our favorite Bulldogs. But football isn't the only thing you'll find at the pit on Friday nights. MPTV spoke with the leaders of the Bulldog Brigade Guard Dogs about what you can expect during halftime this season. Hi, I'm Gracie, and today I'm with Miss Amy and Miss Shannon, the coaches of the MP Auxiliary Team. So the first question is, how long have y'all been coaching Color Guard? Um, I have not been coaching that long. Um, I did four years in high school, and then when I graduated college, my first teaching job, I coached that color guard for two years before I had any kids. Um, but it was down in South Georgia and it was a very small color guard. They didn't even have a weapons line. It was a very relaxed color guard, which is not what I was used to. Um, and so I only did that for two years and then I had my daughter. And so I took a break from all that after school stuff until last year when I came back to start helping with Mary Persons. Um, this is my fifth year here at Mary Persons, and this is where I started doing my coaching. So. Were y'all on a color guard team back when y'all were in high school? So, like I said, yes, I was um, in Lassiter's color guard, um, and then there we also had a winter guard, so I did four seasons of color guard and four seasons of winter guard, um, but I actually did not do it in college because we were <laughs> sounds like conceited but we were so good in high school that I didn't want to take a step down at the college level I knew that being in Georgia's color guard wouldn't be they're not as talented as my high school was and so I didn't want to take a step backwards in my skills so I just did high school um, I did two years of dance line in high school um, they had a split color guard and dance line so I never did <laughs> what do you look forward to this season? Um, I look forward to once the whole show is completed. Like when we have the whole show on the field and everybody knows it and everybody's confident, like everybody knows what to do and hopefully it's together and hopefully everybody's catching their tosses. That's the part that I really love to get to. And hopefully we get there sooner rather than later. <laughs> yes, that is the exact answer I was going to give. <laughs> <laughs> the goal is to get there early enough so that we get to do that several times and yeah. not just one time at the very end of the season. Yeah. yeah. What are y'all's favorite tosses? 
Um, well, rifle is my favorite piece of equipment. So um, I love a good just like quad on a rifle. Um, but with a flag, I love a parallel. That's my favorite toss to throw. Like as a as a person doing color guard watching, it's more cool to see, you know, like the stir tosses and the spin tosses. Um, personally, since I've just, you know, started learning how to do the flag work, um, I learned how to do a 45, so I like that one. Um, and I like the prayer this year's team is bigger than ever before. What made y'all want to have a bigger team this year? <laughs> well, I don't. I know the team has been close to this number in the past, has it? Or is this what was the biggest it was before this? I think 26. But I think Ms. Spike said years ago there was like 40 on the team. One oh wow! But you're right. I mean, and lately it has not been as big. Um, but I was excited when we had such a large turnout at tryouts and really a lot of you guys were really talented so it was a good opportunity to build it up because we're trying to grow the band program and to me I mean there is a point where you can have too many color guard but it's pretty high so I think anything under 40 is you know a perfectly manageable size and so the more people you have out there the bigger visual impact you can make so um, it's exciting to have so many people that wanted to do it this year. Mm -hmm. It'll be hard next year since we took so many this year because mm -hmm. there'll be a lot less spots available for people trying out next year. But yes, there's two seniors leaving. Yeah, so if everybody else, you know, wants to come back, it's going to be tough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, tough competition. There's many names for a color guard team: uh, visual ensemble, auxiliary. Uh, for us, it's the guard dogs and color guard. What name do y'all like to call it? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I like I like guard dogs because um, it's different. Um, it incorporates color guard with the mascot, the bulldog. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really cute. I've always called it color guard, but I called it when I was in it, and so it's hard for me to call it anything except color guard. But when we're speaking specifically about our guard, I really like guard dogs. I think it's really cute, like play on words, and it's you know it encapsulates what we are. How many competitions are there this year? We have two competitions, um, one in North Georgia and one in Atlanta, and I'll be in October. We love to see everyone come out and support the, the band and the football team. 4-H offers our students tons of activities to enjoy. I spoke with our county's 4-H agent to learn more about the program. Ms. Frisbee, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Can't wait to talk about all the great things you've got going on with 4-H. So first of all, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about your position with the Extension Office. Thank you. Um, so I'm Rachel Frisbee. I'm the 4-H agent here in Monroe County. Um, so through our UGA Extension Office um, here in Monroe County, we extend lifelong um, learning to our community through non-biased research-based education um, in agriculture, the environment, um, communities, youth, and families. And my part in all that is the 4-H agent. Um, and I provide our young people opportunities to, to develop life skills in leadership, citizenship, um, communication, decision-making skills, 
um, and I provide the youth um, chance to learn by doing through club meetings in school and after school, um, project clubs, we do workshops, judging events, 4-H camps and conferences, um, and as well as many other learning activities. Um, and we give them those opportunities to engage in hands-on um, activities and projects in our focus areas of agriculture, STEM, um, healthy living, and civic engagement. Very cool. Now, why should kids get involved with 4-H? Well, first and foremost, 4-H uh, helps prepare youth for um, for life by teaching them skills that they'll need in adulthood. Um, and these skills are woven into all of our activities that we do through 4-H. Um, and by using hands-on learning to teach these in a fun way and in a fun environment, kids learn um, how they can apply these life skills um, that they learn in 4-H into all of their daily activities, into their daily lives. Um, and through 4-H, kids develop skills in leadership. Um, they develop skills in public speaking, self-esteem, communication, um, in planning and time management. They also develop practical skills as well. So money management, budgeting, uh, food preparation, gardening, sewing, and so much more. Um, it also opens the door for new experiences and for them to gain lifelong friendships. Um, 4-H gives them the opportunity to explore um, and develop their personal interests in whatever they may be interested in. So whether it's music or robotics or cooking, um, there's something for everybody in 4-H. And they also have opportunities to build friendships, not only with kids within our own county, but with kids throughout the state as well. Um, and just so overall, 4-H just gives them so many wonderful experiences. So 4-H has really changed through the years and mm -hmm. gets out there and truly gives kids a chance to do pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. So since you kind of talked about some of the programs that you have overall, mm -hmm. why don't you tell us about some of the stuff going on right now or coming up soon that you're doing with the kids? Yeah, so, um, well, all of our fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, they'll get to see my lovely face in their classrooms. Once a month, I'll come into their science class and we'll do a fun activity or experiment to go along with whatever they're learning at the time. Um, but outside of school, we do things all throughout the year Things that we have coming up right now, um, monthly we have our county council meeting, and that is for our 7th through 12th grade students. Um, and it's usually the first Thursday of the month, um, and we make dinner together and have dinner together, and then we do a fun activity, as well as um, give them leadership and community service opportunities. Um, our next one is gonna be September 8th, and we meet here at our 4-H office from um, 5 to 630. Uh, we also have a monthly Clover Buds Club and um, Clover Buds is for our kindergarten through third grade students to get introduced to 4-H um, and we have engaging activities, games, songs, uh, crafts um, focused on environmental education. Um, also coming up, so those are our monthly things that we do every single month, but coming up um, we have Cotton Bowl Consumer Judging um, and our team will learn um, about cotton as one of Georgia's agricultural commodities, and then they'll learn um, skills in becoming a better consumer. Um, and those practices will begin September 7th, and they'll be every Wednesday until our competition on November 9th, and that's open to our fourth through 12th graders. 
And then we have Cloverleaf District Project Achievement. Um, and project achievement is where 4-Hers um, choose a topic of interest. And it can be anything from football, dogs, pizza. Um, we have over 50 categories to choose from. And then they um, learn about their interest. And then they share everything that they've learned through a short speech and a poster and they get to go to Rock Eagle 4-H Center, which is the largest 4-H center in the world. Um, and they get to have a really fun day at Rock Eagle, do their competition, and get to meet kids all throughout the state. Um, and our project workshops begin September 19th, and they'll be each Monday after school until our competition on November 5th, and that's for our fourth through sixth graders. Um, so those are some of the things that we have coming up right now, um, mostly in September. Um, but throughout the year, we have all kinds of programs, um, like starting in December through March, we'll have our Junior Senior Project Achievement. Uh, we also do poultry judging, dairy quiz bowl, uh, shotgun club. We've got community service projects. Um, we do pumpkin carving contests, uh, watermelon growing contests. We've got camps and all kinds of things all throughout the year that we do. Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.